listening to the Super Week, Super Weekly, Supercast. No, that's it. That's the whole intro no, this which, week. You have to say your name. <laughs> no, inter- that was it. We introduce ourselves. No, we don't have to introduce ourselves. I'm kidding. My name is Evan. Let's try that again. Oh my god. <laughs> Let's try that again. You don't like that? That is a good bit. Great bit. You're listening to the Super Week, Super Weekly Supercast. I'm your host, Evan. And I am your host, Doc Chris Levo Bag. And I am Mikey Paul Jonathan Davis Tajin. And I am also your host, Andrew Wilson. And today we have our friend... Cat Park. Hanging out. Yeah, our punk rock pal from bands such as Amanda X, classic punk band band name, Ones with Evan, Cloudy, Eight. This is a bad list. I love this list. What are you talking about? This is a bad list. No, it's a good list. It's just why why would you include a a subsect of bands Cat was in with (laughs) Evan? Because the audience needs context. You know, they want to get into those meaty deets, those sweet deets. (laughs) So they understand uh, where we're all coming from. If they want to know the ones with the good rhythm sections. Yeah, be proud of yourself, Evan. Did I play drums in every band we've ever been in We together? were the rhythm section. No, well, I... No, that's uh, not accurate not at, all at all. bad. You played guitar in All Bad, and oh, I true. played the bass in All Bad. True, true. And Jarrett drummed, and he played so fast too that we fast. couldn't keep up with him. And you played <laughs> drums in... Evan, you played drums in Manners, right? With uh-huh. Danis Band? Yeah, so... Yeah, that's and then Jarrett good. also played drums in Manners, and he played so fast we couldn't keep up with him. <laughs> Actually, I wasn't there because he was playing drums when I wasn't there. Is that true? Never oh, crossed you over. You weren't there because you no. couldn't keep up with him. Oh yeah. Never crossed over. And the but end. But I assumed, in true Jarrett fashion, it was too fast for the band to keep up with. But you came back. Huh? Oh, so you you eventually caught up to him. He has to stop and rest sometime. <laughs> oh, a real tortoise in the hair scenario. Yeah, I'm definitely the tortoise. In yeah, every I don't scenario. think anyone was arguing against that. <laughs> also, Cat likes wrestling. That was the end of the list I was going to say oh, before wow. everyone jumped in. <laughs> wow. You know that band? Wrestling? <laughs> yes. So we're here today to I'll give you here's a little history lesson. The way that our band started was back in 2012. I was living at a a lovely legendary spot called Big Mama's Warehouse, very near and dear to my heart. I spent almost all of my adult years there. Wow. It means a lot to me. The way that this band started is uh Chris, Mikey and I were playing in a band called The Dangerous Ponies. There were some relationships in the band that were ending and it was just kind of like the end of that chapter of all of our lives. And I was living at the warehouse and everyone was kind of like at a lull. Kyle and Joe had started Headroom, obviously legendary Philadelphia recording studio. Kyle and Joe started Headroom and I was like, "Fuck, I live in this warehouse." With a recording studio, I'm just going to mm-hmm. go in there whenever I can with like all of these amazing musicians who I live with or who are constantly stopping in on tour or like who live in the city or you know whoever's around and like I, I have a bajillion ideas and songs that I've been working on for the past few years. I'm just going to go in there with my friends and whoever's around and let's just record a song. We have a recording studio in our house. Like, let's do it. Also, the deal was the studio could have such low rent because they split it 
with the roommates, and the deal was that the roommates could split the studio time. Yeah, we would be able to just go in it whenever they weren't using it. To us, that was like... It was a communal space. Yeah, exactly. So the way that this band started, and this episode is about it, we wrote this very first song. I decided to try to do it weekly. You know, I lived with Kat. We lived together at the warehouse Mm -hmm. for many years. Mm Mm-hmm. And there were many other people who I'm sure you'll hear from who lived there for many years. Mikey lived there for a period of time yeah, as well. Baglivo lived there for a month? No, I never lived there. Ever? I, no, I, just, I was just there constantly because working in the studio. Hanging. That was it. I don't even think I've ever slept there. Never a subletter. Wow. Mm-mm. Amazing. I wormed my way in. But, um, man, I, even when I wasn't living there, I slept there eight million times. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I always had my own house. Uh. You didn't even sleep there in like the late aughts when the ponies would be recording there? Oh, I fell asleep on the couch one time and while we were recording the record and I woke up to Mikey dancing in this like <laughs> hilarious, like sloped shoulder, like ape man pose. And I was you know, understandably confused because I was you know, waking up to this image and he looked at me in the face and said, this is you. This is how you dance. <laughs> and I forced myself back unconscious because I was so furious that I was being mocked <laughs> inches away from my, my unconscious body. <laughs> it wasn't meant to be mean. But that was the one time I slept there. That I was, was just vibing. Point. No, no, you're always vibing, dude. No, no, no. It's my, that was my own thing I had to work out. And since then, I've become a master ballroom dancer. And uh, no, it's not. But I did do a break dance to Grease Lightning one time in, when I was a, a camp counselor. So I have some credentials. Anyway, back to the warehouse. We started trying to get together weekly, whoever was around, and recording songs. And I decided to call the band The Weeks because I was going to put out a song a week. And that seemed like it made sense. We did. Is that for Drexel's radio station? What? No, it was just like we released it on Bandcamp. And oh, what, what Mikey's referring to, there was a little while where we were re recording a new theme song for the Mike Bell radio mm. show every week. That was during this time period as well. Yeah, yeah. Remember so, that? Oh, it was great. I have a lot of those theme songs. What was that, 3 a.m.? Uh, we did midnight to. Midnight to 3 a.m. 3 a.m., I believe. <laughs> Actually, that comes back into this story later about the song, so don't, oh, don't man, forget yeah, that Oh, man, yeah, that's fact. a lot of... Oh, man, I forgot about that. That was really good. There's the one that they rapped in. Peter and Mike Bell and Jeremy rapping is amazing. <laughs> yeah, that's not <laughs> okay. That, that should never have happened. No, it definitely should have. It was great. If All we, if we can were, find it, let's include that as a bonus episode for this I, We did 20 episodes of the Mike Bell... Oh, man, so... We also, the Mike Bell show, Mike Bell wasn't involved in the show at all. It was just me, Peter, and Jeremy. Yeah, that's the best part. And we called it the Mike Bell show because Mike Bell was a DJ on WKDU. (laughs) And like in classic Peter Helmuth's fashion, he just said he was Mike Bell Mm -hmm. and was like, yeah, I'm Mike Bell. I'm going to do a radio show. (laughs) And we would go there. Somehow Peter would get us in trouble like every week, yeah. either for what he would say or like we would borrow records from the library for too long. And I, get, I think it had to do with a lot of what we would, you know. Anyway, that was a great time. We got Mike Bell in a lot of trouble first because since it was Mike Bell's namesake, yeah. they would always go to Mike Bell whenever we would get in trouble and you'd be like, you guys, you got to stop. <laughs> yeah. And it was just a really good bit. Well, let's know. not forget the most important part of the Mike Bell show is that you all, not only did Peter call himself Mike Bell, but you all referred to oh, each yeah. other as Mike Bell. So everybody on the show <laughs> was named Mike Bell. And But when I would guest on the show sometimes, I was not Mike Bell. I was called Party Host. 
<laughs> because I had a giant pin that was like six inches in diameter that said party host on it in like oh. fake pink graffiti script. God. Didn't Tiff do it once? I'm sure. No, I wasn't there for that one. Was she also Mike Bell? Probably. Or party host. <laughs> I'm, it, it was a great time. Anyway, this all started back in February 2012. That's when we recorded this, these songs, and it's... You know, this is going to come out. You'll be hearing this probably sometime in January 2021. So it's going to be close to nine years from when this song was recorded. And I think a lot of us have come a long way in who we are as people and our abilities in recording. Yeah, I don't know. It just, we just, we all decided it was the winter. We had this space. We needed to, you know, be creative. And should we listen to the song? Should we talk about more stuff first? What let's, do you guys think? Yeah, let's get let's, a refresher let's listen on the song. To the song. All right. This song is called The Beauty in Everything. I have to say, it's listening to that is really nice because I can hear everyone's personalities in. I know that is classic Mikey style. You haven't drummed like with that kind of like loose hippie style in so long. I was gonna say, <laughs> yeah, but like I just for years in the Dangerous Ponies, like that was like the way you play drums. Because this is like the last of me before you guys were like, this is rock and roll, straighten it out. I remember Mikey <laughs> working so fucking hard at drumming. I remember you like asking every drummer in the warehouse about drumming and oh, you yeah. worked so hard and transformed yourself into a completely different drummer. Thank you. Yeah, you're like one of the premier studio drummers in Philly. Like you've played on like a, you know a lot of like uh like good records that have, that have gone through the headroom. Uh yeah, you're just like a fucking polished radio guy and also the style then at that time was also awesome. Yeah. Just like how freewheeling it was. Mm -hmm. 
but you've you've run that full gamut of like <laughs> pure instinct hippie drums, and then mm-hmm. now it's like tightly controlled like powerhouse Dave Grohl mm. drums. It's it's a, a cool transformation. But like Cat, I can hear it's so you the the bass tone, the performance. Like you're dead on with Mikey's kick, all the like melodic choices. It's like very it's awesome. I'm just like damn. Like if I had to listen to this without knowing who played on it, I'd be like okay. Mikey drummed, Cat definitely played bass. Jeremy very clearly played guitar. Yeah. <laughs> Once you got to the bow, 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 yeah. bow, the like, solo. I was like, oh yeah, that's there he is. Uh-huh. And the bow, 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 like that lick. I was like, damn, this it, is just, it's like that strat tone. Yeah, his scratchy ass tone. Dude, like, <laughs> I don't know. It's so it's so nice to listen. It's so nice to like hear that. I'm just like, damn, dude, that's just like there everyone is. And notably too, this is. I, I think right. I, I didn't do a single note on this one, right? No, you were in the hospital getting yeah. your tonsils removed. Yeah, at age oh, twenty. Tonsils. Yeah, I got my tonsils removed at age twenty-two. Right? Is that right? I was. Uh, I don't remember what year it was. Probably twenty-two or twenty-three. This uh, is no. You'd be twenty-four probably. No, twenty-three. Anyway, twenty-twelve. Uh, no, no. Let's not get into ten math. years ago. Let's not get into <laughs> math again. Twenty-two. Yeah, that's what I said. Man, this is going to be a reoccurring. How many theme. haircuts ago? Uh, probably Six. three. I don't really get that many haircuts. I was so out of commission because I also have a bleeding disorder, so it was mm-hmm. like a horrible recovery process. The reason I missed this specifically was after the two weeks of healing from the initial surgery, they said I was good to go, and so I rode my bike at midnight to do an episode of the Mike Bell Radio Show with you guys. I rode my bike down there; it was no problem. We did the show, had a lot of fun, and then the next morning I woke up to discover that I had been bleeding into my stomach the entire night. Ugh. And I had a like a like a five or six inch blood clot hanging from one of the the sutures in the back of my throat into my throat. And so I, ch- I choked on it as I woke up and I spit it into the sink. Anyway, I'm getting too deep. I didn't know this. that. Yeah, yeah. So I was then I had to go I drove myself back to the hospital and got my throat recauterized. Oh and then God. I had to recover for two more weeks after that. So I completely missed oh the God. first recording. Because of that that nightmare that I went through. Now I know two disgusting medical stories about you. Oh, there's more. We'll probably hit them all as I, we go. <laughs> I remember the constipation one. Oh, that was oh, that was when I broke my jaw. That's years later. We'll save that for another episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll be more. A little crisp. teaser for people like- to tune back in. Make sure you subscribe. Uh, yeah, follow us on Spotify and subscribe. <laughs> so you can hear about my, my messed up butt. <laughs> but that was like constipation in your throat. Uh, I wish. No, it was free-flowing was the problem. The blood was just gooshing all night. Just, you know, it's nonstop goosh. All skadooshing. Yeah, skadooshing and gooshing. And then I had to get a throat douching to clean it out. And then, you know, they, they, they singed me. Yeah. Horrible. Anyway, back to music. I remember being very nervous stepping in your shoes to play bass. It's, you know, that's funny, too, to think about. Because, like, I mostly have only played guitar and the stuff, even though my legacy as, as a bass player. But... You have like a style all your own that's like very melodic and oh we should also note that Kat is a lefty and she plays her bass Ooh. she plays a regular right handed bass upside down, right? It's true. And mm-hmm. so that's like the whole unique kind of style that comes out of it. You're you're like the, the Jimi Hendrix of bass. Yes. Or depending on what show you're at, somebody always comes up to me and names some person that I don't know, and then I just nod and I put my bass away. <laughs> <laughs> It's crazy to me that you would be nervous to fill Chris's shoes while like living at the warehouse and being being at the like living at the warehouse. When I first moved in, I was a bit young. I think you and I are a bit younger than most of our roommates at that time. It's true. 
I just like looked up to everyone so much because everyone, you know, I felt was so cool and doing all sorts of cool things. And like, I mean, I played in a band with Kyle for a million years. And like, Mm -hmm. I feel like the two people that I've ripped off the most in my bass playing are you and Kyle, 100 percent, because you're who I probably played with the most. Kyle and I got we'll get into it when I talk to Kyle, but Kyle and I got into a bunch of arguments when I first met him about bass playing. And Kyle was 100 percent right. And I'm just a stubborn bastard. Just being able to like play my songs with people that I revered, and it, I feel like I was probably more nervous than you were. You know, I was probably Stop. like, it was a cool opportunity for me to get to play with all these people that I revered. Well, I was terrified because I had a six-inch blood clot. In my throat. <laughs> <laughs> I remember recording band name with Kyle, and then learning that Kyle was a <sighs> bass player, mm-hmm. and that was the first time I recorded bass with a bass player. How'd it go? Great. <laughs> yeah. Didn't sound like a Nintendo game. It like sounded like an instrument. Expand on that more. Why would it sound like a Nintendo I've game? always thought that any of my recordings with bass just sounded like a Nintendo game. Like it was so compressed and just Oh, and just down. like distorted and like small sounding. Do, 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 do. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the secret for the listeners at home... Direct signal. You get a little bit of that clean sub in there from the direct bass. You can make it sound as, as big and get as much low-end extension as you need. And then Evan will, of course, give us a list of 300 other pedals that you can use well, for that, too. What bass? You were probably playing Jeremy's G&L at that time, right? Yeah. Because you were that was, that was prime band name. SB2. I was really sad when he sold it. And then I bought the same one. <laughs> Yeah, I was going to say, because then you, I, I remembered you continuing to play that. So, yeah, mm-hmm. smart move. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Why didn't he just sell it to you? He did it without even, like, I don't, I don't, when he was moving to New York. Right. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. Because he was like, I guess New York costs a lot. Does. I sell my things. Guess I don't have room. Yeah. And then I drove to Lancaster and bought a ridiculous GNL that had a stand. At first, it had a, <laughs> it has a drop D switch. Oh yeah. oh, yeah, yeah, the hip shot tuner. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love this I think sick, yeah. And then it also has, on the, the bottom, it has a place to put a rod to make it a, an upright base. Oh, my God, is oh. that what that, that, like, why oh, yeah. the strap button is so yeah, weird yeah. on that yes. thing? Yes, the man was very proud of that and <laughs> showed it off. He's like, you can do this, but it's flipped it around. Like, so stupid. <laughs> Did he ever give you a reason why you'd want to do that? Because men are horrible. Yeah, I guess there's that. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't rank that amongst the, the top slights by men, but it's 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 definitely in the running. <laughs> that's a that's a good sounding bass. Yeah, that thing's awesome. I definitely used that bass in all bad. You just fixed it. I did just fix it. Thank you. I loved the drop D switch because in all bad sometimes I played in drop D. Mm-hmm. And so I could just be like blump Yeah. <laughs> it was really great. When you did... should just like play the clip of the solo in the one song. <laughs> what? Oh, um, is it an Evan bass solo? Yeah, it goes. Is a, a bass it goes, solo? Yeah, it does a Jarrett solo into an Evan solo, and it's insane. No, it's insane. What it's like song. Are you talking about? Oh, you do like a violent fan situation? No, 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 no. Oh my god, do I do a bass solo? Yeah, oh my god, ask, I yeah, do. Yeah, that's like a. <laughs> and that was the clip. That's perfect. Look, I was just trying to. T- That's all we can do now in the pandemic. I was just trying to, probably just trying to do a rancid. I mean, when you have Jarrett drumming, it's, it's impossible to yeah. do anything. Oh, you were slow. definitely doing yeah. a rancid. Yeah, you're compelled. 
I was probably just like, this is the most punk I'll ever be able to be in my life. <laughs> <laughs> when All Bad I Know was a little bit later. That was like 2013 or 2014 we started doing that. Mm-hmm. But this was, and Jeremy moved in 2013. Wow. Was it that long ago? Right. Yeah. I, well, I moved into the warehouse in like 2011, I mm-hmm. want to say. Fall 2011. Jeremy uh, moved out, I guess, fall 2012 or early 2013, mm-hmm. something like that. I yeah. moved in I moved in 2007. Yeah. 2008. No, dude. Warehouse was August 2008. Was it August? What? August 2008. Okay, yeah, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Believe me, I've had to look over many documents of the, the yeah. lease that was expired in was 2012 in with your name on it. Yeah, I'm still on the lease. <laughs> You're still on the lease for a building. But that was the year the Phillies won. 2008? Yep. And it was Obama. Wait. Wow, big Have year. the Phillies not won since 2008? Shh. They've won games, not the World Series, <laughs> though. <laughs> Wait, that was in 2008? Wow. 2008. Then, so then almost. I, I remember because we were still working at WKDU because I went out to the commuter lounge outside the door to watch the final pitch that won them the mm-hmm. game. And then I immediately beelined it home because I knew there was going to be riots. Oh, yeah. We did the opposite. Oh, you went right for the riots? Yeah. Well, I remember Tim from WKDU went into the riots and he dislocated his kneecap because Whoa. he got knocked down and caught it on a um, like a drainage, like one of those like metal drainage things that's built into the curb. Hooked it on there, pop, dislocated his <gasps> kneecap. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Yeah, it's uh, it's nasty. I'm just gonna put out a list of injuries this this episode. That's that's my <laughs> role this time. So, Kat, in 2012, what were what were you doing? Like, what was life like for you in 2012? Do you remember? This oh, is the winter. Oh. This is post your room burning down. Oh God, it was uh, horrible. Well, you were playing with band name, right? Yeah, I was playing with band name. Jeremy was moving. We were starting Amanda X. Starting Amanda X. Or you're in the Amanda X. Starting Amanda X. I feel like starting. Yeah. Um, and Which was also a roommate band. Mm-hmm. Plus Caffeine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was essentially kind of like a roommate. Yeah. She was there long enough. She was there it, long enough. Or not long enough, rather. Often enough. Often enough. Did, yeah. she, did she live there at some point, too? Or no. Is she... no. No, no, no. she stayed there a lot, though. Yeah, she was just there so often. Did art like and today. stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, her mural was that her mural over the the entryway from the back. Yeah, the Marty, side? the dog she had for a month. Yeah, that dog was like yeah, immortalized or a semi, I guess, immortalized yeah. on the wall. That I, was, you know, for, was there for a couple of weeks. That was for one of the Halloween parties at the warehouse, mm-hmm. which were the Greggies. Legendary. No, the Greggies <laughs> came later. Oh, after the warehouse. These were still Greg LeBeau oh. birthday party, Halloween oh, you're right, party you're right, combo. You're right. Yes. I mean, even if it wasn't a Greg birthday or a Halloween, it was kind of both because they're pretty much the same day and they yes. were pretty much the same thing. Yeah, our friend Greg LeBeau, who we'll have on the podcast at some point, his birthday's November 2nd or 1st? First day of the day. First? Oh, perfect. Yeah. And uh, he would have a Halloween party for himself, essentially. Yep. Like Halloween was just an excuse for him to have everybody dress similar to how he does year-round. And uh, yeah. after he had moved out of the warehouse, he continued the tradition with an award ceremony called the Greggies, in which, in true Greg Lebold fashion, the awards you got, instead of them being Oscars, were s- tiny statues of Greg that he made himself to hand out to the people that he decided had the best costumes. One of my favorite... I've, I've won... I've only won one Greggy officially, but I've gotten an honorable mention twice, and I'll always be angry, because I was Groucho Marx, and he thought I was Charlie Chaplin. 
I put so much work into that friggin' shoe polish mustache. <laughs> I remember the first party that we had, the Halloween party that we had, woke up the next day and there was a pumpkin on the kitchen counter with all of our knives in it. <laughs> it had like 30 knives in it. Was it carved like a jack lantern at all, or was it just like a? Like I think a raw it was pumpkin? just being a, a just, knife block. It was a pumpkin. Were Ben and Anya here that year? No, not the first time. That was a couple years later. Well, this because this is two thousand eight or two thousand two thousand twelve. Was this? I'm trying to think of the mural and the year that the mural had on it in front of the studio, the Johnny Foreigner. That one mural. was twenty. Fourteen? No, that might have been 2012 or yeah, 2013. Right? That that mural is from the third time they came back, right? Because really? that's when Lewis came with them. Oh no, the second time, second time. Because Ben Ben and Lewis came on the same tour. Because the first time we met Johnny Foreigner, Ben wasn't with them, and then the next time they I came back. I didn't meet Johnny Foreigner that time. I was in England. Oh, that's first weird. Time I didn't realize there. that I knew them first. Then I that's... set the show up for them, but I I wasn't. Yeah, there at my for house. It. Yeah. Would the 2012 Halloween party have been the first year of no. the haunted house. No, but that. <laughs> Do you remember the haunted house? Wait, that little booth that he made? <laughs> the world's smallest haunted house. It was like a phone booth with a mirror in it and some other, some other crap. Yeah, it was like everyone who lived at the warehouse's bane of existence because it was. It was like it took up so much space. But it was so small, and it was just, like, constantly in the way and up all year round. <laughs> it's amazing. Think of, like, ten people that have no construction experience <laughs> just in charge of this 7,000-square-foot raw space. All the electric, all their rooms. We had to build all the rooms. Mm-hmm. You know, I think all in all, it had a lot of charm. Charm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Charm. I wonder if that was that year. I remember also that year Tiff was the caterpillar. Which was oh, no, 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 yes. no, no, no. I'm sorry. No, 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 no. She was a bug. Right. She was she goes, not a caterpillar. She was a bug. I want to be a bug. Oh. <laughs> she wasn't a caterpillar? <laughs> and then made her. I mean. It was a bug. It was a caterpillar, but <laughs> she was a bug. I think it was a caterpillar by default, but mm-hmm. it was it was, it was was just bug. It was good. She won. She won the award. That was a very, very cute costume. That wasn't the same year that Francis was a skunk, was yeah. it? Yeah. Yeah. Because it had year. the, yeah. Amazing same, costumes, yeah. Same boat. What were you that year? Was that, um, no, no, no. It wasn't Wayne's World. I think, I think Ultimate Warrior. I that, think. That's, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a good one. Face paint. Yeah. I have a picture of you as Ultimate Warrior in my room on the yeah. wall. Yeah, because I, I didn't want to take that because it's weird. Have yourself up on your own wall. Well, I have you on my wall now. I yeah, actually have a wall that's fine. in my bedroom dedicated to the memories of Big Mamas because all the all the art on it was done by people who lived there. Like I have a classic Helmuses. Uh, mm-hmm. Got some Craig really? Shines. Oh, say it into the mic, Mikey. I said uh, that Anya and Ben were here. If it was 2012, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Damn. So was that the skunk year? Was that the... Buggier, yeah, that definitely was because also Greg dressed Ben and Anya. Oh, the bi- the bipolar polar bear. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you remember. Oh, and Pete Pete was uh Casper Casper the friendly ghost DJing, right? Was or that was that no year? no that was like Here's- the first. He was, um, I think he was Texas Pete. No, not oh. that year. Texas. Oh, the Texas Pete. That was he was so good. <laughs> we did all have bear like yeah, bits the bipolar of bear. bear. Yeah. The bipolar bear. 
Dude, was he Texas Pete? That was Pete's best costume ever. It's my favorite. Yeah, he fully painted a cowboy outfit red to be like <laughs> Texas Pete from the Texas Pete hot sauce bottle. <laughs> so amazing, <laughs> yeah. dude. I remember him going as, as Rocky uh, with Wendell, dressing up Wendell also <laughs> as Rocky. Oh, <laughs> yeah, he has a sweatshirt on him, yeah. God, yeah. I love Wendell. Good pup. Uh, yeah, it's Peter's dog, Wendell. Yeah, you rem- I'm sure you remember. Were you dating Greg at this time? Yeah. Was this this was when I believe, you- yeah. So of course you remember Greg's literal clothing rack of all the costumes. Uh, yeah. That was like I feel like he dressed me up as Jerry Garcia, but also a bear somehow oh, that yeah. year. <laughs> he was really on bears that this was pre the spores. Pre spore uh this was the bear time period. <laughs> the ba- the bacon outfit? Mm. Oh, who were that? Was that you? You didn't wear that? No, I didn't wear that. No, I don't think so. I feel like that was, like, wait, was there a time at a band name show somebody was crowd surfed as bacon? Yes. The record released for breakfast that was at the L Bar. Oh, my God, yes. That all of our friends from Charlotte came up. I think our friend Wes wore the bacon outfit and crowd surfed from the bar to the quote, unquote, stage. Which is just like an an alcove at the L Bar. Oh, my God. Yeah. And we had Mike Bell come in and just play a solo. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> I totally forgot. It, he got kicked out of the band that was the same year. Oh, he never got kicked out. He just stopped showing up. Oh, he just dissipated? And we, no. We started practicing without him, but we lived with him. That's horrible. <laughs> I mean, That's a stand- we'll, have to, we'll yeah. have to ask Mike but like, Bell. Also, he stopped showing up to practice. But again, we lived with him like, and we practiced in the same place. Like you can't not hear practice. Was he on one of his girlfriend islands at that time? or I, I believe it must have been because that's, you know, that's the Mike Bell. That's Was it the one whose lizard died in the fire? The casualty? Wait, what? What? <laughs> what? You know, we had the fire. Yeah, the one that burned like half your room down. Yeah. Did the lizard start it? Was it like a self-immolation situation? No, we won't talk about who started oh, okay, okay. it. Okay. <laughs> uh, I-, I can tell you where I was when I found out about it, though. Where were you? Amazingly, the entire warehouse went to the show at Liberty Diner. What is it called? Up in like Yardley? Oh. Mm. I don't know. They randomly put on a show in a diner. So we're like... Yeah, we have to go to this. And everyone in the warehouse went to this Algernon show in a diner 45 minutes away. And then Danny Scrizzy calls me and he says, everything is black and I can't see my hands. What do I do? And I said, you don't call me. (laughs) (laughs) You hang up and you call the fire department. And that's what he did. And they ruined everything and freaked out. Elle and I, all these things, all these Worst case scenarios. Oh, my God. And the warehouse didn't get shut down? No, it kind of just went away. Yeah, it lived on for 10 more years after that. I kn- well, what year did that happen? <laughs> or 12 more years, maybe. 2010? This was I before I lived there because I took Danny's I room. No, There was, like, a, a cat in my belt, like, his, his ex's cat and a lizard. And I know the lizard died shortly after. So RIP that lizard. Because I know it died because it didn't need its heating rock that was in the warehouse for maybe 10 years after. Because I remember each time somebody would pick it up and be like, what's this? And then I would have to explain the dead lizard. I didn't know about this dead lizard. And I probably lived next to that heating rock for a million years. (laughs) (laughs) Did you sleep on the rock? I feel like that's your vibe. You you would love a hot rock to sleep on. I wouldn't mind a hot rock. It's, you know, I don't like heat, though. We all would have killed it for a hot rock to sleep (laughs) on. (laughs) 
I don't know. I like give me, give me this ice slab. Yeah. I like the like one of my fondest memories was like I like sleeping in cold. I like the fact that at the warehouse it was like 30 degrees in my bedroom and it was like I was under the covers and that's how I would keep warm. <laughs> yeah, my and then I would like nose visibly bleeds. shiver. Yeah, it, it, we're all just shaking our heads no. Yeah. But see, I I no. love that stuff. That was like even like I mean Chris and them turned on the heat in our house this week and I'm just, I'm wearing shorts walking around the house because it's so hot for me. Oh yeah, I walked downstairs today and I into the kitchen, Evan and Jarrett were both standing in their shorts and I was fully clothed. So <laughs> so I looked around for a second and then I just whipped my shirt off and started making breakfast. <laughs> but that's, uh, you know, the warehouse made me who I am today. I'm like, if it's not 30 degrees in my bedroom, I can't sleep in the middle of the winter, you know, because of living there for so many years. Do you remember getting sick? I'm sure, I'm sure I did. I remember getting so sick that I'm just like nude in like during the winter. I'm nude around the space heater, just cuddling the space, which is so dangerous <laughs> and just shivering. I remember showering in the cold. Yeah. Oh yeah. The, yeah. Cause especially that bathroom was so large. It was like near impossible to fully heat it. Like it's not like the door was sealed or anything. I mean, I, I haven't taken a single shower there, but just even just like taking sitting on the toilet in the winter. Oh, the showers were great. We put all sorts of, <laughs> Oh my God. We put all sorts of, plastic all around the shower so it kept all the steam and stuff in and pete had the washer buns awning over it so it would like contain all the heat so in the winter you would never want to leave the shower because it's the only like warm place in the entire warehouse and you had to make like a mad dash out of the shower to your room to get to like anywhere else that was warm i have a favorite memory hit it so the tub breaking, right? <laughs> the tub breaking, we won't mention who. So it was either clogged or broken or whatever through years of living there. Uh, this time, I think it was clogged for months. We think that whatever we did, whatever feeble effort we put into unclogging the tub was working with like still like two inches of water of disgusting, like 10 people plus 10 people's dirt skin on like, goo at the bottom of the tub like you're just showering that and that's and that's okay i guess wouldn't fly now that's disgusting <laughs> plus like all the dis- disgusting people on tour we were in our early and mid 20s at it that doesn't time matter. period it doesn't matter for months we think that the water is going down and then later we learn that mike bell gets up early for work and just empties the tub every single morning for like, months like manually with like a little bucket yes. or something <laughs> Into the toilet. Did you know that even? <laughs> God bless you, Mike Bell. Oh <laughs> Did you know God, that? That's no, disgusting. I didn't. So Mike Bell is just like bucketing out our muck water every morning. Muck Bell. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a guy. Mr. Bucket. Well, that reminds me of the kiddie pool they had in the middle oh, of the that. warehouse when they first moved in with the stagnant water that was in it for months and like... <laughs> There was like scum floating on the top of it. I have two stories for that one. Oh, let's hear them. So that was like right when we like first moved in. 2008. Yeah, I remember. Um, I distinctly remember for like a week. Like they, they had the option of putting in the filter first off. That pool came with a filter. I didn't. Oh, my God. That pool God. came with a filter. It's so much worse now. Well, they did not know how to install that filter because we are children. Mm-hmm. And they just didn't install it. And they're like, this is good enough. I remember before the pool got disgusting, like Peter and um, his 
then girlfriend Courtney, our good friend Courtney, they had the idea of doing spaghetti westerns where they were just make spaghetti and watch westerns in the pool. (laughs) (laughs) So pretty soon they were just like. This might surprise you. This is the second episode in a row where we've talked about spaghetti westerns. (laughs) (laughs) Keep keep going. (laughs) So pretty soon there were just like pieces of spaghetti in the pool. I, I remember the film on the pool. Like, I remember, like, the oil sheen at oh. the top of the pool. But I remember, like, also when we first came in. This is also when I'm first meeting Mike Bell. This is, like, maybe my first encounter with Mike Bell. He gets really excited about the pool. The pool is, like, two feet deep, maybe. It's, like, one of those inflatable pools. Mm-hmm. And, of course, like, the first thing when you're, like, a child in, like, what's a Change Mutant into Turtles place, the Foot Clan warehouse, whatever. It doesn't even have a name. I know, hang- I know what you're talking their about. Their hangout spot. Mm-hmm. It's basically that. Or like, I don't know, Peter Pan. You're like, we'll put a pool in. It's the first thing. And then Mike Bell got really excited about there being a pool. And he dove head first into the pool. And the warehouse is like a big slab of raw concrete. Yeah. No padding, nothing. And I remember the blood going down his face. And him saying that he's okay. <laughs> and then just walking away. And oh, I'll never God. forget that. And for some future context on that, Mike Bell is also the man who, for a music video for his band, he just had five women punch him in the face. Oh, yeah. And then they got played back in slow-mo, and that was his music video, and he was gushing blood out of his face at that time, too. So it definitely was a, a perfect precursor for where he was going. Also, Mike Bell collaborated many times with uh, on these Song of Week songs mm-hmm. with us and also was the bass player for the Super Weeks for a few mm-hmm. years as well. So Yeah, he worked really hard to learn bass right. It's uh, He had big shoes to fill. It's unbelievable. I love hearing these stories of before I knew Mike Bell. Whatever happened to the pool? Did somebody just dump it out all over the so warehouse? So here's the thing. <laughs> we dumped it out in buckets, right? Knowing us and how impatient we are Uh and how logic doesn't really make sense. I remember them leaving about like they got like halfway through and they're like, this is fine. Just trying to like get it out. And I don't know if you know how heavy water is. Uh It's really heavy. Uh It's really, really heavy. And I I, I have a picture somewhere of them. Yeah, they, they got like a like a 10 foot ladder, maybe higher to gather the water to bucket it out, and it was just so disgusting. It was so, so, so disgusting. I I can't remember it exploding or anything like that, but it it eventually went down that tub that clogged so often, and that's probably why, all the spaghetti. Man, that tub. Oh, the screen printing. Yeah, I mean, screen printing, I'm sure the band name music video where you guys melted a bunch of plastic figurines and it didn't help. Yeah, that was mostly (laughs) Frank and Jeremy. <laughs> uh, yeah, to clarify the screen for anything, there we there was like a like an actual like nozzle that we used to clean off screens from like screen printing ink and stuff. So that stuff likely dried. In well, the that pipe was Greg's somewhere. job. Lots of plastic. Yeah, Greg. Mm-hmm. You know that was that was where we just it it was. I mean, at the end of the warehouse, that Craig fixed the tub by taking a two liter. <laughs> soda bottle or not a two liter a one liter soda bottle lifting the tub up on cinder blocks and putting cutting the bottle in half and putting it in between the two broken pieces of pipe (laughs) that's how we would drain the the tub for years to come interesting warehouse fact craig came from the 
sister warehouse above Everybody, Everybody Hits. Hits. Yeah. Gerard Hall. Right? Gerard Hall, which <laughs> is where uh, everyone everywhere lived. Yeah, they were which there is first. so bizarre to think about now. I didn't know that. I had yeah. no idea they lived there. I that, skate with Matt all the time. I'll have to bring it up to him. Yeah. Get some memories out of him. <laughs> It was, I mean, it's definitely a small, a big yet small world with music in Philly. Like, it's just such a, a wild place that, like, Gerard Hall was a functioning place for, like, over 10 years. And, like, everyone everywhere was there first. And then mm-hmm. Craig's group was there. And then it morphed into all sorts of other people. And they always had shows. And it was always being fought to be shut down by probably their landlord. And the city would always come. And it was mess what well, a, now what? it finally did get, get fully shut down um, that, that whole block and he's trying to sell the whole block off yeah. yeah well one of my favorite stories i don't know if everyone everywhere lived there then maybe they did which this is also bizarre to think about them just breaking the rules because they're very i know all of them are very such much like nice <laughs> rule-abiding citizens i know uh but i remember them getting a like i could see craig doing it <laughs> yeah yeah that's fair I remember them getting um, like an L&I like cease and desist or like they were scared because they weren't supposed to be living there. It was all supposed to be art studios. Our young minds think it's so simple and making the thing, making the room seem like an art studio. That'll just do it. Right. So they take out all the living things Mm -hmm. and they put it on the roof. They put like all these beds and all their stuff on the roof. And I remember the beds that they couldn't fit through. I I don't don't know what Gerard Hall, what, like I don't know what their hatch was like. Ours was frightening. Ours was 40 feet up a ladder Mm -hmm. where you had to, push the plywood with your head but I can't imagine moving like 10 people's belongings onto a roof and I remember one day I just woke up and there were like 30 beds piled up on each other in the warehouse oh my god yes and I remember I don't know if they know this I don't know if they thought that we would just like safely stash their stuff (laughs) but I remember like bands sleeping up on top of like 10 mattresses piled on top of each other i also remember on jeremy's like room there was wrestling matches on those mattresses yeah. and people would Ooh, like was it on those mattresses Did it, do i that? believe that was it oh i believe God. that's what oh fuck we wrapped those in tarp and we had larry sweeney wrestle on top of it yeah <laughs> And people would do moves off of like the house that Jeremy built in the middle of it, like fucking 15 Jenna feet. Pup, Jenna Pup did a front flip like 20 feet in the air onto the mat. <laughs> I don't know. Also, I don't know if you know this, but that match that night is legendary in the wrestling community. Really? Yes. Larry Sweeney has since passed away mm-hmm. and it's just legendary. That's amazing. Yeah. I didn't Zia know. Zia actually won a title. Really? Yeah. Like, and I don't know if you know about winning a title. Like, you, you you fucking win it. Like, it's in, like, all these, like, dorky message boards. Like, you're in, like, the history analog. <laughs> so, like, that that show is, like, in history. Were there bands Shit. that played, too? Or was it just wrestling? No, I'm sh- th- no, 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 no. There were bands that played because um, Zia has a Flickr account with the bands on it. Like, Algernon, because it was Tracy's going away party, birthday party, going away party. Before Tracy moved to Seattle? Yeah. And I know Algernon Towers and Band Name played. Wow. And I can't remember who else. That's a classic mama's lineup right there. That's cool. But I remember, I know there's a picture of Rob Wilcox hanging from the ceiling. Mm -hmm. Like, you know the rods? Oh, yeah. I don't know. Are those rods, those rods are for something, right? Like, I don't know what. Or maybe it it hung something. In the studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what those are for. They've always been there hanging out of the ceiling. Yeah. But they're very. Large bolt. 
they're very high up. Yeah, they're like weird rebar looking things. Yeah, I think they're probably for some sort of sound diffusion thing. Do you but know, Andrew? For the, the bulk of the, the time, there was just a single broken ukulele hanging off of one. Yeah, of them. yeah that was pretty much. Yeah, that ukulele. I, I would guess it would be a cloud for mixing position overhead. That's what I f- I figured it would be, but at the same time, like they were just bars. And <laughs> they then, were just always bars there. Yeah, I remember Rob hanging off of that. Do you remember shows in the studio? Yeah. That was I like, remember moving everything into the garage for some reason before the garage was like central to smoking. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's and, because and covering it in tarp and just hoping, just fingers crossed. Well, mm-hmm. dude, by the end of it, they would just put it in, push it in the corner and put a tarp over it. And like, I remember playing shows there and like every it, shows were super rowdy back yeah. then. And like everyone would get fucking wasted. And like, how can you like you, the, Joe and Kyle are like trying to build a studio and they're fucking sh- Algernon's playing in there and like beer is flying every which way and hitting every single <laughs> surface. And like, see, you know, I, I, I didn't look at it like that. Just not knowing anything about recording. I well, was that like, yeah, I didn't. Fun. Yeah, same. Back then, I was like, "Yeah, this is awesome." And I think Joe and Kyle at a point were like, "We gotta stop doing this." Yeah. In here. Yay! Various liquids, smoking. I remember the mirror that was part of the wall that was still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, somebody shattered one of the uh-huh. panes of, or not shattered oh. it, cracked it, and I think they were like, "Okay, things can get broken here." Oh, I yeah. always wondered how that broke. I remember shows. Yeah. Of course. Well, because most of the shows that I saw at the warehouse were in the main space. Like, I maybe went to one that was in the studio way back in the day. The first one was in the screen printing room because mm-hmm. I remember I remember Corey being there. And then we did the math. Corey was 15. Mm-hmm. He was 15. And he was bigger than everyone there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> for he sure. He looked like he was 30. We're all minuscule. Oh, uh, that reminds me of Corey's favorite game where whenever we would go in there with him and he would point at Evan and himself be like, oh. Which one of us you think is older? <laughs> and every time everybody gets Corey. He would always say he had a better hairline than I did. That was he his did. favorite one, yeah. <laughs> it's true. He'd be like, what do you think? Who's older? And pull his hair back. And <laughs> he has like his perfect hairline and I have like a widow's peak. I remember in Brooklyn at a Joyce Manor show when Joyce Manor shows had a bunch of tough guys at their shows before they like spoke out about that. Corey was what, I think. No, Corey was 2013 is when I met. Well, he wasn't. I know that he wasn't old enough to be at the show because it was a 21 plus show. Oh, man. I'm sure they didn't didn't card him. Yeah, yeah, he was probably about 20, 19. And I remember the security guards being so overwhelmed that they just asked him to step in. And then he was just throwing children from the stage. I remember Corey that. Corey was? Yeah. Yeah. He probably loved that. Wow. <laughs> he was helping. Yeah, he was probably like, these fucking guys, I gotta get, this fu- I gotta get these guys out of here. <laughs> Why are they gonna come up and ruin the show? I don't know, probably said some shit like that. It was the, what's the venue on Houston? Bowery. Yeah. Right? It was there. Like I a mean, super professional venue. Yeah, that's pretty legitimate. Yeah, to <laughs> some random guy throwing kids off the stage. <laughs> Hey, I mean, you remember early Joyce Manor shows. It was, mm-hmm. Everyone was stage diving all of the time. And mm-hmm. then there was, you know, the whole stage diving. Yeah, the controversy. Controversy yeah. on that tour. It was right before that. Yeah, it was probably the beginning of that tour. Mm-hmm. Man, what a wild, wild to think about that. Yeah, it doesn't surprise me that Corey would show up and have to, you know, step in and, uh, you know, help the bouncers get people to stage dive because he was such a massive force of a human. Or maybe, I don't know, did they think that he was just a bouncer? 
Like I remember him he was, like he like, probably like, did I remember it. the little entryway onto the stage mm-hmm. that like I was standing in and there there was like no other space for him to stand other than like with the bouncers helping them like he probably was also pissed because he would always hang out backstage or like mm-hmm. you know at those shows and if he was performing he would have gotten pissed you know he'd be mm-hmm. like cuz whenever every those people were stage diving and stuff they'd unplug all the oh, guitar yeah, yeah, yeah. pedals unplug yeah, yeah. knock the microphones no, no. over just like I'm remembering like they they like I think they stepped on Matt's pedal just like stepped on it. He had like one <laughs> oh, pedal. Oh, his tuner, yeah. Yeah, one pedal and just stepped on it. Like mm-hmm. you could have stepped anywhere else. Well, and nobody's looking. They're trying to jump and get so their stupid. their fun in. I'm sure the bouncers are just like, "Hey, you look like my dad. You want to jump in?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm sure he treated them with more care than the bouncers. That's so funny. It's such a I funny era too to look back on. Because remember, there's like all those articles in different publications about like getting blurbs from bands about how they felt about stage diving. Mm-hmm. I remember like they even asked uh, Francis uh, from Hopalong. Like she had a really eloquent blurb about it. I can't remember, but it was funny just to like the how deep that controversy went. Mm-hmm. I remember Tiger's Jaw. What'd they say? People just overstepping their bounds. I mean, I think that's how most bands felt about it. Mm-hmm. Was like with like touching. Have yeah. a great yeah oh well that was not okay oh no. yeah with Bree, that was not okay yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 there was a lot honest. of a lot of you know it was the wild west out there back in uh, the early teens I guess yeah. back when shows existed back when shows existed oh what I would give to be able to stage dive now just kidding I've never stage dived I always knew that I was far too big I always to I, stage I, dive I only stage dive that one time when I was forced to by uh, James Deweese when I was on stage with them in the turkey costume that's true. But you're yeah. tight. You're you're not you're not a a giant hulking human like me. Even or my still, brother. I didn't feel good about like just <laughs> oh like my tossing God. my body into the awaiting arms of a bunch of teens. Then they all touch your butt. And well, boobs. I was wearing. A, I had a big turkey tail, so they weren't really accessing too much of the goods. Remember, I think the coolest moment of Mike Bell's entire life was when he did the guitar solo crowd surfing in band name at the Ox. Oh God! Do you remember that? Yeah. Was that the New Year's? Oh, that was, was that yeah. crazy show, right? It was wait, like, wait, wait. like hundred bands. That was New Year's, and was it ninety four? I think were... it was ninety four. Split their set with us. Wait, was that also the show where people were boogie boarding on the crowd? Oh my God! And the boogie boarder got tossed at Algernon and hit Tank in the face Tank while he's so playing drums. Pissed. People were not boogie boarding. I feel like it was Mike Coon. Oh yeah, that sounds right. There's a video that exists somewhere of this night, and I'm I've been trying to find it. It was New Year's Eve at the Ox. I don't know. Oh, that was the video that was synced up to Party in the USA, right? (laughs) I don't know. It's 2011 or 2011. So if anyone can find that, send it over to me. It was. It's like a minute long and it's just. just Yeah, amazing roster of bands that that show too. Mike Bell was crowd surfed and did a guitar solo. That's like, who? That's the dream. That's all you ever want (laughs) is to like, if you're a guitar player, you want to be playing a gig where people are like so stoked that they're literally crowd surfing you while you're soloing. Without a power pack too. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Yeah. It all makes sense. I remember there being one bathroom. I remember later, I don't know if you stayed. Mm, no, I remember, okay, I remember later people just pooping in corners. Nope, don't remember that. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I remember um, the moment to leave was when on the dance floor, first off, they tried to kick everyone out. Classic, classic <sighs> DJ move. Kick everyone out and make everyone pay again. At um, the Ox? I guess. Not yes, yes, punk. yes. This was like the controversy back then. Who gives a shit now? What? But I remember on the dance floor, it was getting kind of crazy. And then 
you just see like this like wave of people moving back. And then in the middle of the dance floor, like some dude was getting head. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah, with like a growing like space between them and people. Someone and they took just, a like, photo of that and sent it to me. They were just it so like in the moment that they didn't notice. And this was all like with the poop corners happening. And I remember the next day, I think Jeremy left his purple hoodie there. Oh, we know where this is going. And the very Jeremy way just wanted to get that hoodie back. And he just went looking for the hoodie. And I, I remember him finding like there was like... They had they got like a professional cleaner to clean up the next day, which like at the time also not very punk. Now, who cares? They made like a money and they paid a cleaner, whatever. There was like an inch of gook on the floor. And I remember Jeremy coming back with like 50 to $100 that he just found in the gook with these like shitty dollar bills. Yeah. Were they used with, to, to wipe with? Is no, that no, no. Just like, like people. <laughs> I remember like people sweat. It was, oh, yeah. That show was insane. That was, yeah, yeah, that was yeah. There's nothing else like that. I remember Algernon learning all the Beatles set for the wedding uh-huh. in Richmond. I have a picture of that and hanging then in my room. People, random fans, being like, "We drove from Chicago to hear Algernon at the wedding." No, at no, no, the, the at the New Year's Eve show. Yeah, they decided just... to do the because like New Year's Eve, like you do cover sets. Also, it's like a common thing. It's just like Halloween, common thing. And they did a Beatles set, which learning Beatles songs really hard i remember it was the first time that i like recognized peter's like bass playing skills paul's bass parts are so fucking hard they're good yeah, yeah remember him great. singing so and playing uh saw standing there and like and of course in like full-on peter intensity voice too <laughs> so not very paul mccartney-esque in that way no. but he was nailing the bass line and singing at the so same time hard. oh they yeah, killed you remember, it dude. you yeah. as a bass player you're like looking at that and you're like wait a i've minute. played that song in a beatles cover band before and i know yeah. how, how fucking difficult that is yeah. but then he was doing it with the crowd losing their shit. Yeah, think yeah. about the intensity of the crowd. Surre- like, it's Algernon, so mm-hmm. the crowd is, you know, going completely insane. Imagine trying flying to like, at people's faces. Dude. <laughs> Wasn't that the one where they also dressed up in beach attire? Like, the photo no. that you can see on their Spotify? No, 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 Wasn't I, that from no, that no, show? I have, I that have, might have, been I have that a story show. behind that, though. Okay. So, I remember it was the first... Huge snow. Remember snowstorms happening? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Snow, remember Crazy, that? right? Crazy. So I remember there being a crazy blizzard. Like, not even like a snowstorm. It was like a straight-up blizzard where you get, like, feet of snow. And we're at the warehouse. There's no um, there's no heat at the warehouse. It's just a giant, like, concrete ice slab, basically. Uh-huh. So they're about to go on their first California tour. And they were like, let's dress up in, like, California gear. And they, like, got, like, some of, like, Greg's wigs and, like, some goofy shit to wear. And they go outside. And that... <laughs> so they go outside in, like, shorts and shit, like, saying that they're going to California, like, better weather, et cetera. It's very funny. They got locked out of the warehouse. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're in the shorts. And I remember Peter borrowed like a 20 foot, 40 foot ladder from neighbor Ben and climbed up through the back window in a blizzard in these in the shorts. So that picture was taken in a frozen moment in that <laughs> that story. Oh, my God. Well, that reminds yeah. me of the time where there was the crazy hurricane and everybody went outside to shower in the hurricane. <laughs> Oh. Just like brought out bottles of shampoo and stuff. And yeah, just- that was great. That's one of my favorite memories. One of, that's one of my favorite memories of my entire life yeah, was showering outside in the middle of a hurricane on Randolph Street. Yeah, regale us again <laughs> with the whole, yeah. the whole story. Yeah. I told that story like during the bachelor party, like stories about Kyle when mm-hmm. you're 
telling uh, Kyle, yeah, our friend Kyle, Kyle Foley, congratulations, congrats, Kyle and Yoe. Kyle style. I just remember, stories. you know, it was raining, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure, you know, remember at the warehouse when it would rain that hard? Yeah. The water would, like, like in a horror movie, like, fly out of the toilet <laughs> in the sink. <laughs> like, at the drain of the sink, it would, yeah. like, shoot, like, five feet yeah. in the air, like, a, in a horror movie. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it was doing that in the bathtub yeah. and the, everything, and I'm sure. I just remembered, like, the buckets that we would have to put under uh-huh. the windows. Exactly. Why did we live this way? Because it rent was us. so cheap yeah, and we could really do cheap. literally whatever we wanted for over 10 years. <laughs> <laughs> they never raised the rent on us well, in 10 years. Like, they didn't ca- Nobody cared. And no, the living like, situation is so illegal. It was like amazing. jokes on them. I remember Joe. It started raining. There wasn't a shower for, like, months. It was during <laughs> that time when either the, the tub, the pipe was broken, or it was clogged and Mike Bell was bucketing out the water in every morning. It started downpouring, and I remember Joe whizzing past me, running downstairs in the back with shampoo, like, lathering up his hair. And he took, like, a proper shower outside. Kyle shortly follows after. It just clears up into a beautiful rainbow. And then he's just left with the suds. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) That's how that would happen. I just love <laughs> Also, one of my favorite Peter stories, because I always call Peter one of the luckiest man in, man in the world. I remember him walking downstairs. It wasn't even raining. I don't even think it was raining. You know how like the windows opened up like a proper like where, industrial warehouse with like the horrible windows? Yeah, they, yeah. Ro- Single they rotate horizontally. With yeah. the yeah. glaze falling off and shit. And they, you can get them to be like either completely flat or yeah. you ha- we would take those metal hooks mm-hmm. and like a chain oh, and so like dangerous. adjust it so we could have the, you know, the metal hooks in the chain so the window wouldn't be 90 degrees or fully up. Yeah. So, I, like, during one of those crazy Halloween parties, I think it was a Halloween party. It could have just been, like, a regular party. Like, we kicked everyone out at, like, 2 or 3 a.m. Because why not? You mm-hmm. can just kick people out of your house whenever you want to. And then the people revolted and, like, pulled the fire alarm. Like, they did this many times. But mm-hmm. I remember them pulling the fire alarm. But this one special time, people threw batteries through the windows. Oh, my God. So I remember we replaced that window poorly, probably with like uh, some sort of caulk around the sides. Oh, yep, 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 that was still there, yeah. So like we had this like poorly placed replacement window and it's also open. So I remember Peter walking downstairs, had an umbrella, was not raining. He just like puts the umbrella up for some reason. And I swear to God, the pane of glass fell on the fucking umbrella. Like I have no idea how. Do you remember the time when Algernon bought that red van that <laughs> I don't think ever ran <laughs> mm-hmm. and Peter used it exclusively to make sun-dried tomatoes? I vaguely remember that. But like, <laughs> like, a, like a greenhouse for tomatoes? He would put baking trays filled Wait, with yeah, tomatoes on the windshield. <laughs> and that, and it was parked dead on Randolph Street for so long that it would just like, the sun would just beat down on it. And in like two days, Peter would have these amazing <laughs> sunshine tomatoes. <laughs> Wait, I remember, like I wasn't there, but I remember, maybe it was like a Mike Bell tour where they started like making eggs on the engine. Oh yeah, we would cook on the engine all the time on Mike Bell tours. <laughs> this is so Peter, we, it was mostly we would do, it, it started with doing... Um, Eggs, right? No, 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 not eggs. French it was pass? the first thing we would do was like the tofurkey hot dogs because it wasn't <laughs> meat and we didn't trust it, you know? <laughs> so what we would do is we would wrap the 
tofu sausages or whatever and put them on the engine block, drive like for an hour and a half, and you know they'd be smoking hot, perfectly <laughs> ready to eat. And then it started getting like this was our full U.S. tour. This yeah. was the same tour where like we all took a bunch of mushrooms yeah. and like in the on Big Sur and like everyone was you know there was a lot of stealing going on on this tour. So mm-hmm. I think at some point members of the band would steal mm-hmm. salmon like really nice pieces of salmon. Mm-hmm. And then Peter would cook the salmon on the engine block and we would stop in <laughs> parks and have this like amazing salmon meal that was just cooked on our engine for like two hours while we drove. It was awesome. And that was, I feel like that was Peter's mom's van, like that blue caravan. That was Peter's mom's. Oh, yeah, right? oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We took that on the Rain Clouds uh, piano yeah. tour too, yeah. I remember also Fireball came out at that time and I drank mm-hmm. an entire bottle of Fireball no, while no, no, we were no. in the van. No, was that the year of the Jalapeno Vodka? That was one of the Halloweens, habanero vodka. Habanero vodka. We actually talked about the this worst. before too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is no. I mean, we get, dude. This yeah, is g- like. Give us your your side of the story. Uh, it lasted for months and was disgusting. Oh yeah, we didn't cover that part. We only talked about it the first night where everyone was taking shots of it and then throwing up in the toilet. No, immediately. I remember it lasting for like a year, and like that was like the joke. Hey, you want this vodka? Dude, I mean. <laughs> like, yeah, I think it had been around for a while at that <gasps> point. Do you remember a chocolate pot? Chocolate pot was the best. <laughs> I love chocolate pot. That was uh, probably Jackie. That was definitely Jackie. And she was like, every time she was like, it was supposed to be something else. And we're like, no, you don't care. <laughs> we would all just, Jackie was trying to make some mousse or yeah, something. Something amazing. Something fancy. Yeah. Something, something like what? What did Joe used to say? Like 12 hour salad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But <laughs> she was trying to make some fanciest shit, and it ended up being, <laughs> it ended up being chocolate pot. <laughs> Which, for those who don't know, <laughs> chocolate pot was literally like the biggest soup pot that we had in the warehouse filled with chocolate. We had to take all the shelves like out of the out. freezer so we could fit this pot of chocolate in the freezer. And then we would all just like <laughs> sit around it with spoons. No, we would just like wake up and ver- like come in at various times throughout the night. And <laughs> it would be like 3 a.m., right? Mm-hmm. Like somebody got done a show somewhere, drove back from some tour sometime. And it would be like 3 a.m. And we would say almost nothing except for mm, chocolate pie. <laughs> And we would just have to scrape it with the spoon and bending. I remember bending the spoons and this also lasted for months. Oh my God. It was like gallons and gallons. (laughs) It was like a never ending supply. It was awesome. The warehouse, like so many people lived there and so many different things. Like just thinking about like Jackie being a part of it and like thinking about like, I always have that vivid memory of like, three in the morning where me and Greg LeBold, of course, were blasting music in the main common mm-hmm. space and Matt comes out of his room and is like, shut up! <laughs> oh, no, what that specifically was is that we put on uh, St. Anger, the single for St. <laughs> Anger, and we played it back at, like, it was a 45 that we played back at 33 and a third, so it was, like, massive and sludgy sounding. We had cranked it. I don't even know. We were, we were doing something, like, maybe screen printing or something, but... Matt, he didn't even scream that time. He walked out of his room in just his <laughs> tiny underwear 
and stood there for a long time, just like putting <laughs> his hand up, just like trying to like gently get our attention. And we turned, we finally turned off the record player and he's like, you can't do this. You can't do this. <laughs> Matt was like a friend of Tiffany's who was a, a lighting professional. He's in film, he, right? He would have to wake up at like all hours of the night and go to like Lancaster to to set up lighting for yeah, some I'm commercial. Yeah, sure had to be up at like 5.30. Like, in like zero degree weather. Um, and it was like two or three in the morning. Oh, about yeah. yeah. Uh, do you remember Gory's Graveyard? Oh, yeah. Gory's Graveyard was an art piece, basically. <laughs> it was literally all of Peter and Greg's attention for a month. And it was so much effort. For well, the, the, a, it was a tape, hollow, right? It was, it was ho- the spooky sounds tape. Yes, yeah. yes. A Halloween spooky sounds tape that told a beautiful story beginning to end. The first time I listened to it, I hit a deer on the highway in my car. (laughs) (laughs) That was, I never, I've never made it all the way through because when the car got taken, the tape was taken with it. If somebody has a copy of the tape, you should digitize it. I do have one. It's amazing. There's like a, like a narrative with like, with a guy working at an office. (laughs) Who like gets vengeance on his boss because he turns into a werewolf? I don't remember the whole this story. It's insane. It's story. really good. We gotta get Do this online. Like, yeah, like, like peas for pumpkin. <laughs> <laughs> the Is tape it? orange. Yeah, yeah, it's an orange tape, yeah. an orange cassette tape. Yeah, it's amazing. They composed a lot of good organ music um, too with Peter's um his little air organ. Was oh that what did, what did he call Wait. that thing? Oh my god! Wait, Peter opening the door as a Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> As a Dracula. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. Well, that was, to go along the Matt story, that was recorded at the witching hour every night. (laughs) I don't know why. Poor Matt. What is that? Like like 1 a.m. to 3 a.m.? So, like, we would just wake up sporadically throughout the month with, like, a circular saw and... Screaming bloody murder. But my favorite, I remember, was the Supremes record being like slowed down and scratched at like full volume. Fucking horrifying. I feel so bad for Matt. Like, I mean, I love Matt and I loved living with Matt and I feel like we tormented him. And yeah, that just wasn't like, his world. Yeah. He oh wasn't some God. like some scrappy punk weirdo like the rest of it. I can't wait to talk to Matt. Are you going to do that? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. He, he drummed, he he drummed, drummed on one of the songs. songs. Yeah. I, we got to call Matt. I like, <laughs> I want to hear like Matt's. Yeah. His perspective. His on perspective all of all oh this. Cause God, we're yeah. all like crazy, insane people <laughs> who like don't have real jobs. I mean, Band Name Breakfast. What is the history of Band Name Breakfast? Can you tell us the history of Band Name Breakfast? The history of Band Name Breakfast is us, well, not us, uh, Greg and Jeremy felt that they were like a little bit older than the bands that we would play with. Like, Like one of our first tours was with Kite Party. Also, all the Amherst friends were a little bit older than Chalk them. Talk. Yeah. I guess they were just like, teaching them about like some life things and we would on tour we would make breakfast it was like sort of like a ceremonial community thing almost it turned into this like huge thing where we would go out and buy like wholesale pallets of eggs and just crank out huge breakfast for literally like five bands that would end up staying at the warehouse And this would be like every weekend or so. But our favorite was huevos, where we would just like fry our tortilla. Because we also lived in, we lived in like a Puerto Rican area of Philly, which is not 
super Puerto Rican anymore. They had all these awesome ingredients at the local food store. I remember when you guys would summarize band name breakfast, you were kind of like, yeah, none of us really have jobs. So everyone would all get up and like make breakfast together every day. Do you remember when Tiffany got the deep fryer? I got the deep fryer. That was yours? Yeah, and I remember when people learned not to throw things filled <laughs> with water in the deep fryer. And I remember the steam going up into the 40-foot ceiling. Mm -hmm. I remember Mike Bell balling up his bread like he does mm -hmm. and throwing it into the deep fryer. I remember getting all these old, nasty pretzels because everyone wants pretzels when they come to Philadelphia mm -hmm. and giving them life again by just frying them. Wow, that was probably amazing. It was, it's one of the best things. Once I figured out that there was a deep fryer, <laughs> I was like, oh, why would I pan fry anything ever again? I'm just going <laughs> to deep fry all my potatoes for breakfast from now on. Yeah, just don't throw a tomato in there. That's all you can <laughs> do with the cucumber? No. But that, that became like a party trick. I remember that it was thing so was dangerous. so yeah. disgusting, too. It yeah, there was like, a point. The warehouse destroyed everything, every appliance <laughs> that went into. Do you remember Tiff's rice cooker that Kyle oh, washed in the sink and plugged back in? That thing was so pretty and it sang to you. It was a beautiful rice cooker. It sang to you. It had a little guy on it, like at different points of the rice being cooked. <laughs> and Kyle just washed it. Plugged it in. The whole thing. Done. <laughs> washed, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't even dirty. I remember Peter getting a, um, because of this, because of like all the things being destroyed, I remember him getting a percolator and he's like, this is awesome. This is indestructible. And I remember like one of the first times he used it, he left it on the burner, which was like real fire mm -hmm. for too long. And he left to pick up the handle and it just went, Bleh. <laughs> and it came off in his hand. I remember you roasting the coffee. We bought a, the coffee roaster I still have was purchased by all members of Big Mama's Warehouse because <laughs> we would go through so much coffee each week that we bought a roaster so I could get the green beans at the discount price so I could roast coffee for everyone. <laughs> and that's how you yeah, live as a punk. <laughs> and also that's how Mr. Master was born. There was yeah. a brief coffee roasting company that Evan had that we'd, we'd sell coffee beans on tour. Yeah. yeah Delicious. It was, it yeah. was great. Uh, you sold I, them on tour? Yeah. yeah. We saw them at the that. merch table, yeah. <laughs> that's how, that. I mean, the word. And then um, I enjoyed that much more than <sighs> the peppers, where you walk in and you're just hit with the Oh, when Evan's making hot sauce? And then your eyes, mm -hmm. <laughs> just water. Well, that's because we, I mean, I made the peppers because, you know, as the one of the younger, newer members of the warehouse, you know, I wasn't the one making the potatoes or the huevos or anything. So I wanted to make a meal oh, to go along with band name breakfast. That's so I, so funny. I, I used our garden peppers and I made the band name breakfast hot sauce to go along with the band name breakfast. And that's how I got into making hot sauce. And uh, the garden, the garden's condos now. It's, it's not even condos. It's parking for yeah, condos. Yeah, it's parking for condos. It's so just even sad. more depressing. Yeah. I just remember the last thing about the garden. The The end of the garden was when our fucking neighbor plot hacked our peach tree and killed our peach tree. And I was like, the fuck, you guys. And that was the end of the garden. You yeah. got Why did they do that? Because they, 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 oh, they were in a neighboring plot and they thought that it blocked their sunlight. They, they, they could have used that to their advantage, in my opinion. But yeah. yeah, there are certain plants that grow better with less sunlight. <laughs> so maybe think about how you're planting the plants before you hack my <laughs> fucking peach tree to death. Well, 
That'll be con news. Like, well, it sounds like it's water under the bridge. I just thought it was really disrespectful. They didn't even talk to us about it. Mm-mm. And it's a community garden. And it's a community garden. They just mm-hmm. hacked our peach tree to death. It wasn't fair. Finquita. I love. I feel like as a bunch of young 20-something punks who didn't do really anything, we pretty much did a good job creating resources for ourselves, yeah. you know? like Craig, it, Craig filmed the Girlpool video there? Yeah. I guess it lives on. <laughs> it's It'll live on forever. I mean, there's videos and... Yeah, Craig has Craig, a lot. Craig has a whole did you, did library. you go to any of his, like, um, he's been showing his mm. reels at skate parks and stuff? Yeah. And it's such a wild trip to just watch all of those years of the warehouse condensed into, like, two... <laughs> 15 minute videos yeah. oh man I also loved when they would do performances where Craig would show his videos mm-hmm. and like live music would play in front yeah, of it the, big like, Mama's the orchestra yeah mm-hmm. that's how um, that loose tooth track dog year mm-hmm. that was one of the songs that they wrote for Craig's videos I, I feel like all the different people that came in and out of the warehouse and I feel like there was a lot of really great creativity and I feel like it's very it was a very inspiring place for me at least Oh, do you want to hear something funny? Mm. I never met Jane. Really? Yeah, I never met Jane. Jane moved in after me. You know where my dog came from? Jane? Jane. Really? Yeah. What? Yeah. So you've met her since then, yes. in that case. Okay, yeah. And Jane but, is how I met my wife. Really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Jane is super Oh, that's nice. right. She set yeah. us up. Very yeah. cool. That's lovely. Jane Carver, she's mm-hmm. a accordion, accordion player. Accordion, yeah. yeah, really talented Incredible. musician who uh, lived at the warehouse for a little bit, too. It's so always also wild how many different styles of music and walks of life. And like, it was always everyone who lived at the warehouse was always brought together by the music. It went from everywhere with like Marshall's avant garde wine jug music to like Algernon and punk rock and Jane's be- uh, accordion and then, stuff. And then like and then Soul, Glow. Soul Glow and then like a bunch of hip hop mm. stuff that was going on during like that era it's so cool just and like even before that with it being schoolie d's space and dj jazzy jeff's before that just Mm -hmm. like i don't know it's a very cool very cool history and it's always been like about the music there Mm -hmm. it was a nice creative hub for us for a long time you remember you remember january yeah i remember january i remember i remember france playing drums yeah it was awesome that's how we'd ring in the new year uh, you know the years what yeah we would just like we would just have a group of three or four more people that night. It would just rotate with whoever walked into the warehouse. Yeah, it would just be like a warehouse. Like, uh, I, I don't yeah, well, like, I've partaken like in it before. Yeah, for yeah. sure. I just didn't. It's just funny to imagine her. I oh, guess yeah. in that family tree, I feel like that? Mark has such a. A monopoly on drums, but that's the thing shocking. is, it was it was just like all about keeping the jam alive and doing whatever you yeah. wanted, and that was what we did on New Year's Eve. And like we tried to have things set up all January to jam all the time, mm-hmm. and that's also a big part of how this project started because mm-hmm. January it was we recorded this song in mm-hmm. January, it came out in February, but it was just about the idea of getting everyone together to create. You know, I have so many fond memories. We have the one like a lot of the a song a week stuff. We had that whole session where like we just recorded everything to tape and we would just like have people jam and just record it to tape when we demoed all the all bad stuff too it was Mm -hmm. like during that time period that january was just like essentially like every like you know brain played drums on Mm -hmm. a bunch of songs craig played drums on a bunch of songs like we just had everyone come through people would just be like like Jarrett wanted to play bass he didn't want to play drums he he did he played drums on jetpack that was that era but yeah it was much later yeah he it was 2014 Mm -hmm. i think and he but he was like i want to play drums on this song i want to play bass (laughs) and it was like go ahead okay sure and i think like 
you know, it'd be like me and Chris and Jarrett and Brain, mm-hmm. and that would be like a band for a song, and then Brain would be like, all right, I gotta go. And then, like, you know. Was that before Brain? Even, like, it was, Brain, who's now in Amanda X? Yeah. And, like, drums in multiple bands? This was. Kept her drumming a secret? Or maybe we just didn't ask? No, this maybe was. Maybe she told us and we weren't listening? I have no idea. This was, like, right about when, well, Marge. This was, I feel like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know when Marge started, but I feel like she started playing with Marge and, like, was yeah. hanging around and be like, yo, but Brain, like, come jam. How do we not know that she like grew up playing drums? It's crazy. Uh, Brain doesn't talk much. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she does when you when, when you get her going, sure. Oh, yeah. But it's also like drunk brain. But that's the thing is so many friends, so many adjacent friends, and mm-hmm. it's like you you get to know people over time, and it was mm-hmm. like one of those things. It's like, wait, what? You drum? Yeah, I just spent like the first five years of our friendship only talking about Star Trek with her. So oh yeah. Well, we didn't even we didn't even touch music. Jordy. Yeah, yeah Jordy the Forge. That was that was her Halloween costume that year, I think, right? <laughs> yes, and then she has a painting of Ripley as Jordy. Oh, I haven't seen that. That sounds cute. That's great. It's awesome. Yeah, it's life size. <laughs> so it's good. larger than life size. That's Brain's dog. Is named Ripley. A lot yeah. of really great pit bulls in our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Pointer. She's a pointer? She's part pit. I don't know. She's definitely part pit. You ever see a pointer? Pit. Yeah, but she's fully part pit. Her personality is extremely pit. But she's so dainty. Right, but she's also muscular. Wait until you meet my dog. I'm excited to meet your dog. <laughs> I hear you got a dog. Yeah. It's very cute. Also a pit. Also a pit. He's got like little stubby legs and he's super muscular. He's like lifting weights. Maybe part- His name is Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> Just so we know. Mm-hmm. I'm so glad I mentioned the wrestling thing up top so we had context for every aside. Do you just call him Eddie or do you call him Gur? I call him lots of things. Boo boo. <laughs> just no, yeah, we call him Gur. Hey, Gur. Come here, Gur. Mm-mm. Doesn't work. Gur. Yeah, you need something Dave punchier Gurr. to get a dog's attention for sure. Why not Gur? Dave Gur. Wait, uh, you keep saying Dave Gurr. Can you explain how you landed on that one? <laughs> I'm going to guess this is Dave Gurl here. Duh. <laughs> okay, fair enough. I know Mikey well enough to know where his brain's going. Four places. <laughs> give us, give us the list. <laughs> no, there's, there's no list. I got nothing. It's only four. Give us four. We already got Dave Grohl. Drumming. That's, I feel like that. That's one. Drumming is going to be part. Drumming's of it. one. Coffee. That's two. Mm-hmm. Weed and weed. Yeah. Weed. Yeah, that's that's and weed. That's all four. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, no. The fourth is his wife. Yeah, your wife. Oh, my wife. Yeah, there you go. That's a good list. Thanks for making that for me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you guys played music? Yeah, we wrote a new record. Mm -hmm. It's insane. Yeah. Have you played music? Like once. With whom? Amanda X. Oh, shit. I forgot. We also played music with Mike Harpering and Jared. Remember that time we almost made a band and then the pandemic happened and that was almost a year ago at this point? It's insane. Yeah, it is almost a year ago. That was fun. I another playing music with people I revered. Fucking Mike Harpering, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh man, just his his pedigree alone, being in Harry and the Potters. That's that's the ghost of Cedric Diggory right there. He plays a sax solo. Do you not know about this? Oh, I know about it. Uh, I'm getting a lot of blanks. Who stairs. cares about Harry and the Potters? Mike played in Good <laughs> Luck. Good Luck's like one of the greatest bands ever. Jeez, I just to He'd- to add to the list of bands, cat. Played in with Evan, which is the category. Are we going to call this this episode uh, categories? It's up to Cat. Cat, <laughs> you can name this episode. Oh God, catastrophe. Oh, <laughs> I like that. Is that your punk name or your wrestling name? That's my wrestling. Catastrophe. Yeah. Then the sleeper hold is the catatonic. 
Ooh. Whoa, nice. Damn, okay. Only non-wrestling people think that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> what do wrestling people think? Not cool. Do you have a, do you have like a Ted Nugent crossover where you do cat scratch fever? Ooh. No, no. That could be a move. There's already a wrestler called Alley Cat. It's like one of the few female hardcore wrestlers. You ever thought of going into wrestling? I don't know, no, no, no. <laughs> I feel like that After watching, is probably uh, yeah, closed. Just watch a few botchamanias. And you can't start in your 30s, right? You got to oh, train you your whole life. Oh, you can start in your 30s, Chris. Who are you right, kidding? Right, school me, please, yeah. Because I might consider a career change. Well, it's never too late to do anything. Yeah, I mean, there you go. Also, before the pandemic, we were planning on doing wrestling music shows because we had that oh, one. Oh, yeah, you made the music hit. video too, right? The Amanda X video where you yeah, guys were wrestling. Yeah. yeah, but we did the show at Everybody oh, Hits yeah, for awesome. the Hoban Plaza, and it was great. So many people showed up. Yeah, and raised that was so much really money. cool. We were planning on like we were just like looking for other places, and then just. <laughs> The world shut down. Not that this is the most important thing, but it was like a fun thing. Now no, there's just work, and I'm yeah, happy to have Yeah, that's a long work. list of, of, of like, yeah, not that it was important, but it was fun, and now I miss it because it feels so important now. Yeah, it'll start up again. Yeah, and I guess to be fair, I could see Mikey starting a career as a wrestler in his 30s. No oh, problem. God. He could start tomorrow. My my spine is ready to collapse with how many times I've fallen at the skate park, so I don't think I could. You I couldn't could, take I, a bump. I couldn't survive a single suplex. Yeah, I don't it, think I could do it. Not I, for I see me. It, I see it happening. Also, I don't know if you know this, but um, wrestling hasn't stopped. All the indies <laughs> and such, and there's been, like, outbreaks, but it, it just it hasn't stopped. There were, there were shows for times this week wait in in philly jersey oh in jersey yeah. it was still in the area yeah yeah Oof, that's yeah. scary right and they now. just like they just pack them in but like they put on a show like it's like sterile but you know it's not are they wrestling in hazmat suits can you even tell who's in there no they're just wrestling it's like a luchador outfit but with a gas mask attached to it i think my favorite thing is that like some of them won't like because like the normal thing is to shake hands before a match and some of them won't shake hands but i'm like you're wrestling but yeah. they're like smacking yeah. their bodies. Yeah. Traveling. <laughs> Sounds counterintuitive. <laughs> You're wrestling. But like they'll come out and like high five everyone. We're just like, no. Oh no way. Stop. Mm. Not are, now. Are they wearing like little luchador masks on their hands when no. they do the high fives? No. And I, I, disappointing. I can tell you that they're actually way more packed than they were before. <laughs> wow. I guess, yeah. It's like just been to shows where there's like 20 and people and then. Now, like, 200 people. That's nuts. It's nuts. Playing with fire. Do they have, like, themed, like, Hell in the Cell equivalent, like, COVID matches? No. We don't talk about... Oh, I don't know if you know this, but Vince McMahon is an avid Trump supporter. Oh, I mean, clearly, and yeah. You, uh, they, they're given notes to not say virus. You can't say COVID. And you can't wear a mask, even if, like, you're in the audience. Oh, and they also don't get health care because they're all independent contractors. It's such a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Company. Yeah. Just listened to a podcast with uh, Chris Jericho and, um, and Andrew Yang. Wow, what a team. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I need to know more, yeah. <laughs> So um, Chris Jericho is kind of playing like he's like just nonpartisan, but also like he's not, he was born in New York, so he's a dual citizen. So he does have like something at stake here. They were actually talking and Andrew Yang would possibly be something of power. I don't know if you know, Andrew Yang was a big wrestling fan. I did not know that about him. Yeah. And he literally said on that podcast, he's like, if Biden gets elected, I will work to end the freelance contractor bid with WWE. Hey, that's cool. I didn't realize how high the stakes actually were. (laughs) I don't know that. I don't know how you would even start going about that. Yeah, if you think it's messed up with music. 
I mean, it's messed up everywhere. This is America. It's uh, all about the uh, almighty dollar here. Oh, you yeah. know? It's, also, I, wrestling is um, essential business in Florida. Yeah, the governor there declared that. Yeah, it's nuts. I mean, have you been to Florida? It's nuts. Yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> now, you remember the time when the van broke down in Florida and we got towed at like 3 a.m. or something and you and I walked to get the van the next morning and we went down one road the whole way so the sun was on our right the whole time? Mm-hmm. And it took us like an hour to walk to the garage and so we had tans on the one side <laughs> of our body. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> remember Fest? Yeah, I yeah. remember when you could uh, do that. Horrible. It was so much fun. Horrible. <laughs> Horrible. We're getting a mixed review right now. Yeah. I remember, like the first, even before Fest started, I remember opening up one of the porta potties, and there's just a huge turd going around this <laughs> the entire like toilet yeah the bowl seat. yeah the okay, yeah the, oh my god on the toilet seat like it hasn't even started. Humans are the worst. Uh-huh. Yeah, like how do you how do you do that? I don't know. I loved it. Oh, no. I mean, I loved <laughs> it, was, it, but it was. Just, oh, was that you? Was that yours, Mikey? You <laughs> left in the bowl. <laughs> <laughs> Thought it was. Piece of art. It's a work. Yeah, it's a sculpture. Yeah, well, yeah. I just for me, I always remember seeing um, the Melvins. Melvins. The Melvins. Yeah, oh, I, remember, I, I was at that. Not... We were at that. Yeah, That's yeah, weird. yeah. It was yeah. that was one of the coolest nights of my life getting to see them. That tone. Oh like, yeah, oh. at fest. Yeah, at fest. Oh, yeah, yeah. I saw them. They're sick. We all went together. That's why I'm bringing it up. Yeah, and then they have the, <laughs> they have the butthole surfers basses. Yeah, Pinkus. Mm-hmm. Jeff Pinkus. Yeah, shit's crazy. You're just like I quit. He music. had amazing tone. I do want want to i think we've done a lot of great conversation here today it's getting a bit late Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but i do want to just ask a couple things cat how would you say like the warehouse that environment affected you playing music you know what what was it to you ultimately you know that time in your life like how do you look back on it how do you look back on the music you created the art you did that kind of stuff i look at the warehouse as like a community Mm-hmm. for musicians and artists and it was encouraging it like lit a fire under everyone's ass also like i'm i'm an only child i like didn't didn't grow up with like anybody like my age and i also have a really small family so it was just nice and warm to be around like so many people and to also just like meet all the incredible people over the years like in touring bands and just like welcome them with open arms and show them the respect that they deserve because they're not making money. And if you go to Europe, you get that, like, it's just standard. And, like, it's just not a standard here as much as it is there. And it it should be. I feel like, you know, a lot of the people we met in our journeys Mm -hmm. and during that time period specifically, like, a lot of the people who were touring when we were touring and mm-hmm. were all the kind of people who were trying to give everyone. And that's how we ended up making such great friends with all these different people is because those were the same people who had the same mindset as us. Yeah. Who wanted to take care of all these bands because they knew what it was like touring and making like 50 bucks at a basement show oh, and yeah. like being like, OK, hopefully this is enough to get us to the next gig. And it's yeah. like, I mean, touring in itself is a pretty selfish thing to do. But it's ultimately for fun and for making connections with people. Yeah. Also, like, I was coming into it with, like, a DIY mindset, like, playing in, like, a screamo band. I mean, I know I know it's the same with, like, a lot of genres, but that genre especially, like, you have, like, potlucks beforehand. And, like, that's how I was introduced to touring, rice and beans, and mm-hmm. that's, you're grateful to get it. My first tour was, like, in high school with Welcome the Plague Year. And I played in a band called Ten and Two from New Jersey. And looking back on it, we played the smallest, like, dinkiest shows. And with, like, 
the greatest fucking bands. The press and the money, like, it doesn't matter. There's no press. Pitchfork wasn't a thing. Like, reviews weren't a thing. Like, we just played a kitchen to, like, five people in Bowling Green, Kentucky. I remember that more than, like, any of the other shows. Yeah, I always think about the, we played, was it, like, a anarchist bike shop? Yeah. In Delaware? Is that where it was? Where we played- The spot? Dan- Is that what it was called? Dangerous Ponies and Band Name played together? Wait. Wait, was it the spot or was it in um Virginia somewhere? It was like a weird bike shop space that we played. It was band mm-hmm. name and the Dangerous Ponies. And we just did a weekend tour together. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Jeremy just went with you guys. He, you guys absorbed Jeremy. Oh, that was a di- oh, that was a different one. Oh, the pickle. <gasps> Wait, which thing are you thinking of? I'm thinking when we were in Baltimore. Like, the one that got like a million hits on YouTube. Yeah, oh, we were Jeremy's a- famous YouTube video. So save nice. it for the Jeremy episode. Yeah. We went on a, like a month long tour and we were all sick and Mike Bell was just dying. Mm-hmm. Oh, I remember Greg uh, wearing long johns too. Greg was like sick for like two months after that. Yeah. Jeremy was like, I'm not done. And then you guys were all like freaks and just the. Well, that was also when him. Mikey was in fucking pr- like, literal like, it was like military a, prison and Mark toured. Did I that remember tour that show. Oh, right. That's when Mark was with us because Mark, Mark we, filmed yeah. the video. Yeah. I remember that show. Yeah. You just didn't show up. Yeah. Yeah, we were playing at Ava House. <laughs> oh, man, that night, that was such a scary, weird night. I'm sure even more so for you. Yeah, it sucked. But yeah, just like before we like kind of finally put it together that you weren't going to show up that mm-hmm. night, we should be like deeply worried. Or you and I were watching Mark play drums, and we were just Evan and I for the for the viewer or for the listener. If you look at your screen now, yeah, you can see me pointing at Evan, but just like talking about like like wow, this guy's really like great. He's like a super tight drummer, very tasteful, and you know, not even like realizing that in like a few weeks after that, like he was going to be filling in with us. Yeah, uh, to because Mikey was in Oklahoma, right? Is that where you were held, or were in West Philly? But then they took me to uh, Quantico. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Fucking yeah. nuts. I remember Marky being so fucking cool in like the Bieber pants. Dude, and you guys the, you guys made him put the, on the glitter. reverse the reverse mullet. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, when he had his reverse mullet. I don't know. Haircut. It was like a weird fashion mullet because it was long on top and then long longer in the back and then just buzzed on the side. So yeah, he, it was sick. I mean, yeah. he was going through a rough time during that time period, and, and you guys made him do some weird shit. Well, <laughs> we kept it pretty tame for him. I think we just like threw a bunch of glitter on him, and we didn't make him dress up the way we dressed up. I don't know. Is there any other questions anyone has? I guess we covered a lot of moments, and this might be like a hard one to just pick, but like. What do you think was like the defining moment for the warehouse for you? Like what was the most quintessential warehouse? I mean, I guess maybe the wrestling match, but. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. Do you miss it? Honestly, yeah, simply. What it was. Things got, you know, as they do. We had, you know, over 10 year run. So Mm -hmm. got a little weird in the end. We'll cover that some other time, but. (laughs) Do you miss it? Yeah. But when I moved out, I remember. Oh, I think it was Marissa because it was in pouty practice Went in that incarnation. She was like, I think you're missing something that's not there. You're holding on to this ghost. Well, it, uh, I feel like there is a definitive moment when it the warehouse shifted. Oh, we probably all have different moments. Go I on. mean, to me, it was just when everyone everyone broke up at the same time. Oh, you and that, Greg, yeah. uh, Francis and yeah. Peter, like that moment when everyone's relationship uh-huh. ended, I feel like was when the shift happened. Yeah. The literal well, honeymoon period was m- over. Yeah. My, mine was when uh, Craig's intern was m- moving his stuff into the warehouse, like it just like literally had boxes of his stuff to which I asked, Craig has an intern? 
So I came back from tour and he was just this this kid was just moving his stuff in, which usually like we would have like meetings and text chains. Actually, like we have it started with emails. It was like before text chains even existed. Yeah, it's been a long time. It's been a long time. I mean, I have emails of like Joe and Peter, like going back, like (laughs) a lot of our friends started touring before the internet was a thing and yep. everyone, you would just make cold calls to places, yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. I, know I, I remember printing out MapQuest yeah. and mm-hmm. putting them in binders. But on top of that, like uh, when we toured with Plague Gear, Carrie Joe, who was more than a decade older than I, more than a decade, I think, older than I was, they would talk about like writing letters. It's just and, like, wild. Nuts. And like <laughs> they would still do it just because. Uh, only question I have is, uh, is there anything, since we've talked a lot about the past, anything current that you want to plug while you're here? Or any any way that somebody can follow up on you if they want to find you? Band socials. Artwork, anything. I'm still working on everyone's pet portraits. I did pet portraits for various organizations for Morris Home in Philly, RHD Morris Home, for Mutual Aid in Philly, for... Black Lives Matter in Philly raised like $8,000. Awesome. I'm still working on some. Talk to so many people about their pets. That's up on my Instagram, which is just Cat Park. I got that username. Not much happening with music. Um, I got asked by uh, the guitarist in Preen, Derek, to play in a heavy band with Sean Gorman and Derek Jones, who's a comic artist. And cool. that's kind of cool which I could really go for playing heavy music right now. I'd rather stop gritting my teeth and just start playing music. So I'm looking forward to that in any context. Can you guys release the band name record? I know. It's, oh, it's we're coming on 8 or 9 years now. Oh wait, did I did there's, I mix that record? Yep. There's a whole record, yeah. Yeah, he we we Chris mixed it. It's yeah, done. It's Jeremy, done. Jeremy tries to say that it's like Jeremy he wants it, me to make the art, and then I guess he like blames it on me. I don't know. Jeremy put it on Bandcamp and says he's waiting on the art. So thank you, Kat, for coming. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Kat. Yeah, I don't no know. Problem if, anytime. Thank you, Kat. This was fun. I had a great time talking to you. Yeah, we unearthed a yeah, lot of good stuff I that I had forgotten about. It was cool. I haven't seen like anybody in like months. I know. <laughs> I didn't know if I like remembered how to talk. Thank you. Thank you for having me.